Welcome to Come Alive. I'm your host, Helena Jidovich, and I'm drawn to people who are engaged with life, eager to converse about truth and love, attentive to the people around them, and free to express the movements of their hearts. Here I'll share some of my daily prayer and life experiences of begging God to transform me into one of those people. Welcome along for the ride. Hello and welcome to Come Alive, episode 15. Today, I don't know what we're calling, what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, A bit about my life, about authenticity, about vulnerability, about what it means to be a true disciple of the Lord, um, about my counseling dreams and journey, about all sorts of excellent things. Um, And to begin, I really want to place us right in um, a scripture passage to ground this whole moment in time together. And it's coming from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. And it's titled, The True Disciple. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Mm, What a harsh outcome. I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Okay, so the Lord is pretty serious here. Jesus is pretty serious here letting us know um, who God the Father is going to recognize and who he will not. And he warns us that not everyone who's calling out, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's not enough to be claiming that we're Christian. It's not enough to be having cute um, quotes, scripture verses, sayings on mugs and t-shirts, right? Um, Even more so, he says, uh, even people who prophesied in his name, who drove out demons in his name, who did mighty deeds, even those folks did not necessarily know the Lord. What is it that we need to do? Only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Okay, so what is that? What is that? What what are we asked to do? Well, we're asked to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength, all of our being, and to love the neighbor as ourselves. Okay, so to love, we know that that's reciprocal, right? There's a giving and there's a receiving. There's a relationship there. And in order to have a real give and take, a real love, a real friendship, a real relationship, there has to be some level of vulnerability to share yourself, to expose yourself to the other and to feel received by the other and to do the same for them, to offer the same back for them. And of course, in order to be vulnerable, to share that way, we first have to know ourselves. We have to know what vulnerability we're talking about. We have to unveil whatever is going on within us to know what we even have to offer, what we even have to share. And all of that can so often feel scary. And I think a lot of the time we live on the surface. We live so much as if being vulnerable will make us lose our dignity. And we have to know and claim and recognize that is not true. Uh, And I was listening to a podcast, Restore the Glory podcast, and they were interviewing this man, Peter Herbeck, um, who is not a counselor. The two um, hosts of the podcast are, but he is not, but he does work in like healing ministries. And he's talking about his own life and his own um, healing. And 
he's pointing out that like actually leaders in the church, leaders in healing, um, need to lead out of an authentic encounter with the Lord. If we're speaking from there, then we can see a full living Jesus, a real Jesus who's meeting and walking with us and who's actually showing us an entire life of peace and joy, not just moments to moments of peace and joy. But if we have like buried major traumas, if we have an unawareness of the emotions that we're experiencing and what we're tending towards and what we enjoy and what we dislike and what sets us off, if we have no awareness of any of that, we can't really know ourselves and we can't offer ourselves fully and uh, like like bare naked, like exposed in all honesty to the Lord. And so he's offering this encouragement of be not afraid of any wounds, of any failures, of any sins, of any patterns of sin, because the Lord is always has a message within that. And he is wanting to express something in that and we don't have to be afraid of it. And only when we've allowed ourselves to be vulnerable, to be naked, figuratively speaking here, only then when we've gone through that, are we free to not be afraid of it because we know how to move through it. We have the confidence of moving through it. And so he's um, suggesting that if we're dealing with our own stuff personally and doing our own work as a leader, it gives us a more natural kind of sensitivity to the reality of that kind of brokenness and, and need to do work like around us, within the souls around us. We have a greater sensitivity to it and we don't have to be afraid of it. And I think that's really how I feel when I'm with um, um, people who, who do, who have an awareness of like uh, what's going on within them and are doing work to move through that. And especially around anyone who's in, in the field of counseling. So um, Dr. Justin Banger, who came to give an AO talk last year on mental health, uh, I was meeting with him to talk about how he might serve St. Paul's this year. And I just walked away from that thinking like, wow, I just feel like I could say anything to you <laughs> and it would be well received. Like there's such a, a freedom here. And he does such a great job of like reflecting back what I'm saying and making connections, but not making it all about him or all about me. Uh, there's some way of like making the visible invisible of like saying the unsaid and like just this freedom where like we can communicate without like getting stuck or like feeling angry or reactionary or like like I don't have to be um, like surprised or controlled by my emotions like because I'm like aware of my kind of tendencies and he is like ready uh, like to receive in any way and to kind of like reflect back in any way and that like mobility I, it's like hard to put into words, but I just think it is like so stunning. It's similarly how I feel like when I hear my sister Miriam James speak, I'm like, oh my gosh, you have this, you know this because like you truly are uh, working through your own heart, your own emotions, your own self. You're doing that difficult work of getting to know yourself and looking at the parts that are ugly and broken and scary and you're offering them to the Lord to be exposed in the light of the Lord and for him to know and to heal there for Jesus to become more fully alive to be more um, reaching out pulling us out of the the storming sea you know like that we're used to him as like a real human person like in our lives that we 
know and offer ourselves to and are in relationship with and can respond to and can hear throughout uh, the different moments of our day and that we have a sensitivity um, to be able to respond to that. So I think there's something in all of that, which actually reminds me, even Father Tim said to me the other day that, you know, I, sometimes I'm thinking like, I think I'm a fraud father. I'm giving people advice all the time. I'm talking about whatever things and I don't know. I, I think I'm feeling the same thing everyone else is feeling. And, and he said, but it's so different when you're able to recognize your emotions and to offer them to the Lord and to process them with him and to stay close to him and to get to know him. Isn't that exactly what we're supposed to be doing? And I was so encouraged in that moment. So just even in this moment, let me just take a moment to say like, thank you God for the opportunity to be recording this podcast. Thank you God for the fact that like, Every week I can like tangibly see how the Lord is moving in my life. I can reflect back because I'm forced to, to think about like, what is the Lord moving in me right now? What am I engaging with in my life right now? Where is the Lord showing up and where is he like directing my life and directing my heart? And it gives me like, um, it helps build this like real tangible faith that the Lord actually moves, that he actually is the living Jesus that communicates with me, that like has effect on my life legitimately. And when I like call out to him and reach out to him and cry out to him, like, there's a real receptivity happening. There's a real response happening. And I'm just, thank you, God. And I'm so grateful um, for, for this. And I ask that, please, Lord, you would continue purifying this and that it would be encouraging to others and not just so that people are like hearing me preach or, or hearing whatever things are happening, right? Even like in the scripture passage, like, okay, we can prophesy, we can drive out demons, we can do mighty deeds in your name. Okay, but who cares? <laughs> if that's all that's happening here, who cares? Turn it off, shut it down, Lord, you know? Because what actually we need to be happening is to know the Lord. So please God that this would like encourage people to turn to prayer, to run to the mass, to come to know Jesus Christ, to know you, to know the goodness that you have to offer, the peace and the joy and the lifestyle that is real and possible and goes through ups and downs, but is available to us our whole lives long, that we would truly know the Lord and not come to this point where he says, I never knew you, depart from me, you evildoers. That instead we would be people that enter the kingdom of heaven because we are the ones who are doing the will of the Father in heaven. And we are knowing his son and we are walking in that light. So I pray that that is occurring. <laughs> so in the light of all of that, I would love to share um, in, in part of my asking the Lord, like, who am I? What am I made for? What desires have you given me? What gifts have you given me? What things do you want to... Um, continue to unfold in my life. Uh, here's a little, a, a moment, a taste of an active story happening, unfolding in my life right now as we speak. Um, my whole life I have been very much like a counselor mediator kind of person. I'm the middle child. Um, both my parents are immigrants, so there's just plenty of like <laughs> moments for practice, right, of, of mediating. And that was just, came very naturally to me. And I often have, um, people, friends uh, saying like, wow, you're so wise or you give such great advice or you seem mature beyond your years or all of this sort of thing was common in my whole like upbringing. And a big part of that, I'm sure, is my younger brother's autistic. And I spent my whole life just like with him and wanting to teach him and to guide him and to be uh, near him and to help like 
navigate difficult circumstances to help people understand what environmental changes do we need for Ivan to be okay in this moment? Or like, how long can we expect him to be able to like handle this? Or what do we need to do or to bring in order to make the situation safe for him and enjoyable for others? And just all sorts of, I'm always thinking about those kind of like parameters of what's going on like environmentally within like people, within the kind of um, uh, culture that's happening like in that moment in a specific particular like event and moment in time so that's been always like kind of in the background and something i'm used to and okay time goes on and um you know maybe you've heard in an earlier podcast when i'm leaving choosing to leave pharmacy school a part of that was like oh lord like how come other people get to study like psychology and counseling and like get to teach people and coach in these ways and walk with people in these ways and like oh, i want to do that <laughs> and this little like <laughs> this part of me that doesn't quite know how to like ask for what i want or how to like less like whinily <laughs> like see what i'm desiring what the lord has placed within me um and confidently like claim that and move in that okay so um, I've known that's kind of running in the background and I'm always thinking like, am I going to like become a counselor? Am I going to keep working in ministry? Am I going to become a high school math teacher? Like always my big dreams. <laughs> um, and even when I was choosing to leave, um, Franciscan university, I was a residence hall director there. And, um, I really wanted to either pursue my master's of education, um, here at UW Madison or go to UW Milwaukee to become a counselor. Um, to get a master's in social work because I felt like a master's in counseling to become a licensed professional counselor felt too narrow for what I wanted. And then I started to feel like mm, this master's in social work is too broad for what I'm wanting. So last year when Justin Bangert, funnily enough, um, was giving this talk, afterwards I was telling him this and he said, you know, there's actually a third option. It's um, to be a licensed professional counsel counselor, but to get your degree in marriage and family therapy and to work more in like family systems, relational systems. And I said, that is it. That's exactly what I am wanting. That is exactly what speaks to me. That is what I'm made to do. So since last fall, that's been kind of like swirling within me and wondering like, should I do something about that? Should I apply to Edgewood? Should I do that like in two years? Like what's going on? What should I do? So that I'm pondering, people have talked about Divine Mercy University or other online like programs and I just, me and technology, not friends, don't love online things. I just want to be in person. I'm going to lose track of everything. Anyone who's ever tried to text me or email me, like forget it. I just, it's like hilarious. It's atrocious. So that's, I'm trying to work on that this year actually. So we'll see how that goes. Please hold me accountable. <laughs> um, okay, so then in March this year, um, I was at Undone, which is a healing conference. It's kind of comes under the umbrella of healing the whole person, which Dr. Bob Schutz, a Catholic therapist, um, began. And this is like an offshoot of it um, put together by his one of his daughters, actually, uh, and is for women specifically. So I was there with a handful of my friends and a handful of our moms, which was such a glorious experience to like experience together and to be able to share in together. And um, after that... I was hanging out with one of my friends and her mom. I was asking how the conference went. We were just kind of hanging out, chatting as I'm used to, you know, um, but she'd never been to anything quite like this. Um, more recent in her like faith, this, this kind of a thing, this healing um, 
ministry kind of a thing in the way that we're speaking of the Lord is, is newer in her kind of like understanding of the faith. And, and as she's just sharing her experience and I'm responding as I do. And by the end of it, she is in tears and, and sharing all sorts of things. Um, and at the end of that, she just kind of caught herself and realized like, wow, I do not usually um, share this much. And I really didn't expect to uh, share this much with you. And um, definitely not to be like in tears here. Like I'm just, I don't even know how that happened. I, this is so surprising. And uh, shortly after that, um, she had said to her daughter, like, wow, that girl has got to become a counselor and I want to be her first client. <laughs> and I kid you not, that was such a profound turning point for me because at first we're having this conversation. I'm thinking like, yeah, this isn't that surprising. This happens often when I speak to people like this is just kind of like normal. Of course, they're sharing a lot. Of course, they're in tears. Of course, whatever. Like I just I'm used to this. This happens all the time. And then I realized like this doesn't happen with everyone. Like there's something a God given like gift that's happening here, an anointed moment that's happening here between me and this woman right now. Like, and here she is like twice my age and, and to look at me and to be comfortable in sharing in all of that and feel safe and, and heard and encouraged in all of that. And I thought, oh wow, this is not just some like silly dream I have. This is not just some like, oh, she's some like 20 year old, happy go lucky, whatever. And like one day she'll realize that the world is awful and like, we'll see what happens then. I, sometimes I feel like that's how people, like adults, older adults, like look at younger Christians sometimes. And um, sometimes rightly so and other times falsely. <laughs> and so this was so encouraging to me of like, wow, she is respecting me like in this kind of a, um, of a counseling kind of way. So then when I'm in Croatia, um, I, a couple of months later, I'm in Croatia, I go to Medjugorje as I heard in an earlier um, episode. And remember I got there and um, I wasn't hearing back from Father Eric yet. I was being yelled at by this woman for coming late to the hotel without telling her because the bus was late and I didn't know how to get there and just all sorts of things. And I just was not in a great place in that moment. And I went out to the um, porch and was praying and came back inside and just started weeping. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what? This is very interesting. Paying attention to like, okay, what's going on here? And part of this like grandiose moment of like moment of freedom, moment of unhandcuffing, moment of like, why not Helena? Why not like follow your dreams? Why not move here? Why not learn this language? Why not do what you desire? Like it's not too late. You're not too old. You're not doing something like wrong. Like it's okay that you don't have like a husband and children. Like you just part of like all of that was like, and why not look into counseling? Why not look at an online program? Why not have the flexibility? Why not DMU? And I really was like, Jesus, Mary, like, is this you? Like, this seems crazy. Like, okay. So, um, I, uh, come back. Okay. That was like end of May of this year. And I come back to the States a couple weeks later and I'm with my brother Yvonne for the week in Madison. And I'm like looking online at this DMU website and I'm thinking like, this place looks too good to be true. Like this looks amazing. So then I'm thinking, I'm seeing you can sign up for a phone call. And I thought, okay, let me sign up for for a phone call here and like just get some more information about what this could look like in the future. So then all of a sudden here I am in the fifth floor in Newman Kitchen taking this phone call with this woman and she says to me uh, after she asks a few questions to make sure I'm not crazy basically I think <laughs> she says 
Um, are you prepared to, uh, in your life right now, add an 18 to 20 hours a week of part-time online graduate school starting this fall? And I was like, excuse me? Like, I did not even know that was an option. I had not even considered this. Like, are you crazy? Like, I have no idea. And so that was a Tuesday. And then next night, Wednesday night, I met my friend, um, at the terrace and I'm telling her all of this and I'm saying like, do you think I'm insane? Like, should I start this program? Should I move to Croatia next year? Should I like, what is going on? Like, this is wild. Like, is the Lord like doing something? Is everything swirling like perfectly? Is the Holy Spirit mobilizing me right now to walk through these doors like right now? Like, or am I like going crazy and like trying to run away and like throw my life away? <laughs> and she said, oh no, no, for the past two years, this is exactly what you've been talking about. This is not crazy at all. Like, this sounds like the Lord is moving for you right now. So that night I get online. Okay, because here's the other kicker. I'm on the phone with this woman and she says to me, um, uh, do you, have you taken the GRE? And I said, um, no, <laughs> is there time for that? And she said, oh yes, if you take it in the next week or two, we'll get your scores in time. I'm thinking like, I only know of the GRE from like TV shows that make a big deal about all, all the studying that you need to do to, to take this test. So I come home and I'm looking online at when this could happen and I'm traveling the following week for work so like really can only be that week and I don't really have time because here I am supposed to be working at St. Paul's and not even sure if I'm allowed to like do this and I am uh, looking and Friday, Friday there's a test that would be the only day that works. Well I'd already asked off of work because we were going to go visit my brother but then he just let us know we couldn't because he had to work. So it was insane. It was perfect. So Wednesday night, I signed up for the Friday GRE. Thursday after work, I looked up some practice questions and read about the test. Friday, I got up and took that test. Zip, bam, boom. The next week, I'm online filling out my like resume, my um, whatever, essays, whatever, all of these things. Two weeks later, I have a three hour online um, interview and I'm officially in this program <laughs> and it is happening and it is starting this fall and Father Eric is very much on board and thrilled for this. So I'm just blown away again at how the Lord is moving and how he is working. And I'm so grateful to share this story and to recount for myself the reality that the Lord is moving actively in my life, that I'm getting to know him. I'm getting to know my own desires. I'm with him in prayer often, and I'm trying to know him and I'm trying to do the will of my father. And I'm trying to offer the Lord my heart and to be receptive and responsive to whatever he is calling me to, whether it seems wild or totally normal, uh, that I just am flexible to move, to hear what he's offering and to take a step out in faith and to follow along and to be near him, to desire to be near him, to follow him, to know him. So thank you, God, for creating my heart the way that you have, for knowing me, for leading me and I pray that you would give all of us the confidence and the courage to peel back the layers, to be vulnerable, to come first and foremost to you in the chapel, to be honest about what we're experiencing, to be honest with you about what we're desiring about what and, and to ask like, what have you made me for? In what way are you guiding me right now? And Am I, am I recognizing that? Do I have the courage to move in that way? And please, Lord Jesus, to give us the courage, we beg you, to give us the courage um, to, to know you and give us the grace to know you and to walk closely with you and to not just do things for show, uh, to not just um, prophesy and to stand 
um, up in front of people and to lead people without actually first and foremost allowing our hearts to know you and to be closely uh, bound to your own sacred heart. We pray all these things in your most holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Come Alive. I pray that you keep asking questions, keep pondering what is sticking with you from this, and most importantly, talk to the Lord about it in your time of prayer today. If you want to share anything with me and you know me, I'd love to hear it. If you don't know me, you can email me at helenad at uwcatholic.org, and I'd love to hear from you too. God bless you all. Thank you.